0: Shop on eBay this holiday season to get more for your go-on-stand mixers. Mm. Or get more for your buck on this season's hottest tech and gaming gear. And on eBay, you can even get more <gasps> bling for less cha-ching on jewelry. You can get more because you save more on premium brands with eBay's exclusive deals. Get more when you get it on eBay.
1: Hey everybody, it's Sam from Wrestling Overtime, and this is your results and thoughts on Impact Wrestling's January 19th, 2021 episode. It is the Fallout from Hard to Kill. Now, hate to open it up this way, but I've got to talk about Matt Stryker and D'Lo Brown. Um, I know that I keep saying that I miss Madison Rain. I even miss Josh Matthews. How bad is that? Um... But Matt Stryker and Delo Brown do not do it for me. I thought, well, they're nervous. They don't really know what's going on with the pay-per-view. It's hard to start as commentators, you know, just boom right out of the gate on a pay-per-view. Well, this is the first show that they're doing together, and they are so underwhelming. Um, you can tell that they're old school. They want to talk about old school stuff. They don't always keep up with the storyline. Um, I, They don't want to give us possibilities. Oh, but this could take us here, could take us here, could take it. I don't know if it's because they know what's going to happen and they're afraid they're going to give it away or – They're afraid to throw out ideas that people will get upset. I don't know. I think they're horrible, Um, and I hate to say that. I hope that next week I am singing their praises. I hope that in a month I'm not even noticing them and that I'm ignoring them. But this week, I could not ignore them. They were different voices in my head, you know, as I was watching, and they had such different viewpoints than Josh Matthews and Madison Rain. One of them needs to make sure that they're a heel commentator and that they're giving us that perspective. It's uh, – anyway, Um, they show tape. They open up with showing tape – from Saturday night, and it is the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega in – it's not a locker room. I don't even know what it is. Um, There's a couch in there, and they're sitting on it. After their match on Saturday night, them beating Rich Swan, Moose, and Chris Saban, and they are just kind of hanging out. Don Callis comes in and says that, you know – Wants to really – uh they need to go out and celebrate. They need to, to do everything. And so he opens the door, and the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega, of course, walk through. Don Callis acts like he's going to walk through, but then he comes back. He wants to sell us on the invisible hand and how he is controlling everything and he wants to make sure that Impact Wrestling fans know that they're going to be taking a little hiatus from Impact Wrestling uh that he and Kenny Omega have to get back down to Jacksonville to AEW Dynamite and he said we'll be back don't worry don't think just feel, and again he mentioned the invisible hand, whatever. And he went on, and I was like, okay, goodbye. We do not have to put up with you and Kenny anymore. Um, I, I've always been on the fence about Kenny Omega. Um, Don Callis, I usually liked. Uh, he is usually a heel, and I, I do, I can usually put up with him. He's kind of a smarmy heel and, and everything, but I definitely don't like these two together. Anyway, the first match of the night, Eric Young, and he brings out, uh, Joe During and Diener. I gotta remember to keep calling him Diener. And he's taken on Rhino, and Rhino um, comes out with Cousin Jake, and I'm just gonna be real honest with you. I don't know why we're having this match. I Eric Young and Rhino don't have a disagreement. It's Cody Deaner and Cousin Jake. And they need to hurry up and settle it. Because I'm tired of it already. Uh, I know it's been like three weeks. I'm done. It should have been over at Hard to Kill. It, they should have had a one-on-one match, not a three-on-three. It should have been a one-on-one, and it should have been done. Because if they're not going to show Eric Young and Joe During changing the character of Diener, and him getting worse, and him having issues, and how it is affecting Cousin Jake, then they're not telling me a story. And so far, that's they're not doing it. So therefore, they're not telling me a story. So move on. Done. Let's go. I don't want to see Eric Young versus Rhino. That's not a match that, that I care about. Uh, Diener, he does end up distracting the referee so that Joe During can get involved with Rhino and all of this other garbage. And Eric Young ends up putting the grapevine on him and Rhino submits. So Eric Young wins. But big whoop. How does that affect this storyline? Um, now, Afterwards, got a little exciting as far as Eric Young wouldn't let go of the hold, and they ended up holding Cousin Jake down while Eric Young wedged a chair on Rhino's leg, and Joe During stomped on it while they made Cousin Jake watch. Now, that got a little exciting, but then why 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 do that why are they hurting rhino are they putting rhino out while they wait on heath and if that's what they're doing then i guess okay but what was the point of making cousin jake and you know so we have matt striker and delo brown Say, oh, grown men aren't running out there to help because there's fear of violent by design, which is the, the new faction title of Eric Young's group. Well, you guys are setting 10 feet away. Are you guys grown men? Why don't you stop them then? See how, that's what I'm talking about. This, this announcing team is, Says stuff that's more stupid than the WWE team at times, but anyway, um, they, you sh- they show they're interviewing Rich Swan and Moose comes through the door, um, and he's asked to give his reaction of Saturday night, and he just picks Rich up and throws him into the door, which I thought was awesome. And he tells Rich, look, I kept my promise. I did not turn on you, and I fought for Impact Wrestling. But that's over, and I want that title that you are carrying around. And so he leaves, and of course Rich says, well, he can have a shot at it tonight. Well, whatever, Rich. I hope he takes you and throws you about 30 feet over into where the audience sets when you guys are in the ring. I hope he launches you like Brian Cage launched RB Allen on AEW. Um, AC uh, Romero, Larry D's partner in Triple XL, approaches Tommy Dreamer with his Sherlock Holmes hat on and. Presents the ring rust cologne that he found in the knockouts locker room. Says that he knows that he, the Larry D, was set up. Johnny Bravo is there, and he said he did a fingerprint analysis, and there is only one set of fingerprints that match that are on the ring rust cologne and also on the gun and tommy dreamer says that they need to talk about it and he needs to think about it so we then have the good brothers come out so that they have made history again They did what they always do when the three of them get together. They make worldwide headlines and that the party's been going on since Saturday night, that it hasn't stopped, and that they're going to hold on to the Impact Wrestling titles as long as they want to. They pop up the Too Sweet sign as the Motor City Machine Guns music hits. We see Chris Sabin come out and he starts talking about how they, the Motor City Machine Guns, did not lose those titles, that they weren't the ones that got pinned in the four way match and that they want a rematch. The Good Brothers point out that he doesn't have his partner with him. They know Alex Shelley's not there tonight. And so um Chris Sabin Introduces his new partner, which is Cowboy James Storm. Now, I hate this. Number one, I just like Alex Shelley. I think he is an extremely good wrestler. I think him and Chris Sabin fit together. Their styles go together. I love the Moguchino Machine Guns. And it's hard for me to see someone else as Chris Sabin's partner. But Cowboy James Storm definitely doesn't fit in with Chris Sabin. You know, he's bringing beers to the ring, he uh, wears his stupid cowboy hat. Incorrectly, in my opinion, but anyway, um, and has this hard-nosed, uh, cussing attitude. He fits more in with the Good Brothers than what he does, actually, with Chris Saban, and um, he starts talking about his accomplishments and Chris Saban's accomplishments, and, um, you know, he has the nerve to tell the Good Brothers they don't put fear in their opponents when they walk down the ramp. Well, I heard the music but did not recognize it, but definitely could read And new music hits, and the words Matt Hardy pop up on the screen, and out comes Big Money, Matt Hardy, his new personality that he has been unveiling on Being the Elite YouTube videos, and then we've seen twice, I think, on AEW Dynamite. He brings out Private Party, and... Talks about how Private Party is in a big six-man tag team match tomorrow night, but that he wants Private Party to have a warm-up match. Then he talks about how much money he's getting. He's getting 50% for this and 30% for this and da 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 And so he challenges the Good Brothers. He says that he meaning Matt Hardy, and his brother, Jeff Hardy, never lost those belts that they had them taken away from them by Impact Wrestling. And he thinks that's kind of unfair, and he thinks the private parties should get them back. Well, Doc Gallows says, um, no. I think that you can duke it out with Chris Sabin and Cowboy James Storm, and figure out who the number one contender is. And, Matt Hardy says, fine, that he will get a hold of his lawyer, get that, uh, contract, drawn up, and they can have that match tonight. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why is no announcer, or no one, um, Coming out and saying, wait a minute, um, what are you guys doing? Um, who made you number one contenders? Why is Scott the not coming out and saying, um, Dog Gallows, you don't get to make number one contender matches? You know, Josh Alexander, we know that Ethan Page has left uh Impact Wrestling, but I would think that if he could find another tag team partner like Chris Saban has why would he not have a claim to the number one contenders? Why is Ace Austin and Madman Fulton not coming? I mean, why is there no one disagreeing with this? Doesn't make any sense. We get then Gina, she's with Matt Cardona, says that um, he's not exactly pleased with how he debuted on Hard to Kill with a uh, disqualification, and he he's basically just here to prove himself. Um, he has not signed a full time contract with Impact Wrestling and is going to be with them for a stint to, to kind of try things out. And then it goes back to the backstage where Tasha Steele and Kira Hogan are going to have a Fire flavor Festival, and they're wanting to charge people to come. So they're talking to Caleb with a K and Tanil about giving them a discount if they come, and... Johnny Swinger has to interrupt with his inappropriate comments of two for one, and Fala, Fala Ba, who we haven't seen in a while, but my gosh, looks like he's gotten bigger, uh, enters and mentions um, the wad of cash that has gotten stolen, and how Johnny Swinger now has it. So, Tasha Steele and Kerry Hogan start yelling at him, Well, Falabaugh is like, you two stole it from me. Well, the elevator opens and Brian Myers comes through. He has to make a comment about Falabaugh and Falabaugh decides that he wants to wrestle Brian Myers. Why? Why would anyone want to wrestle Brian Myers? Have you watched him? Have you watched him cheat? Have you watched how he does things? Why does, why does anyone even want to talk to him? Or be around him? Why didn't they just let him walk on through? Doesn't make any sense. So then match two of the night is Kimberly with Susan as her partner who's in her business suit. And then, of course, accompanying them is Deanna Parraza. But I'm totally shocked at who they're taking on. I hear the siren, and so I know it's Jordan Grace, but out with Jordan Grace comes Jazz. And I'm like, whoa. I thought week before last at Genesis that we had Jordan Grace's dream match of taking on Jazz before she retires. Is she not retiring? Is she going to be Jordan Grace's tag team partner? We have so many women that are after Diana Prazo that were pull- pulling Jordan Grace out of the title pitcher, and we're putting her into the tag team division with Jazz? Is that what we're doing? Because no one is telling me. There's not a story. The announcers are not doing their jobs. So, um... This this match is a cluster of... The referee allowing people to come in and out. And there is one point where the announcers say, we don't even know who the legal people are. And the other announcer says, yeah, but I bet the referee does. Well, I would hope so. That's part of his job, but guess what, announcers? You're supposed to be calling the action, so you should also know. But Jazz hits a DDT, gets a cover, and Deanna interferes, uh, hits Jazz in the head with her title belt, and Susan gets the roll-up, and so Kimberly and Susan win over Jazz and Jordan Grace. Again... Where's this going? What kind of story are we telling? Where's this going? So then we get Gina backstage with Taya Valkyrie. Um, She asks, what is next for her? Well, I'm waiting for this answer, too. Johnny Bravo comes up, tells her... He can't believe that she was the one that did this to him. Um, Tommy Dreamer comes up and says, I can't believe you, you did this. And Taya Valkyrie admits it, saying that she never really liked Bravo and Rosemary together. And she ends up getting arrested. They drag her away. And this is how you guys know Taya Valkyrie did not sign her contract with Impact Wrestling. Uh, because Tommy Dreamer, when I ask, well, where do you think she'll go? Tommy Dreamer says, well, after she's found guilty, maybe she'll head to Jacksonville State Penitentiary. Okay, for those of you who are not in the know, Jacksonville, Florida is where AEW is. Then he continues and says, or she could spend a couple years up in Stanford Correctional Facility. Gee, I hope not, because that could totally change a person. Stanford, Connecticut is the headquarters of WWE, where Taya Valkyrie's husband works. And then, A.C. Romero comes up and says, gee, I hope she doesn't go to Baltimore. Baltimore is where Ring of Honor is. So, they told you, as Tommy Dreamer kisses Johnny Bravo's forehead, that she is leaving. As the police are dragging her out and getting ready to take her outside, Rosemary comes, and I almost get a tear in my eye when the demon assassin apologizes uh or taya apologizes to rosemary rosemary talks about how they were so close and such good friends and how they had a plan All along for the Johnny Bravo thing. And that Taya didn't need to step in. And all of that. And I hope that they're reunited one day. Because I really like Taya Valkyrie and Rosemary together. And they lead her out the door. And Taya Valkyrie is done with Impact Wrestling. We then see Crazy Steve... Um, there for uh, Rosemary, and we go to commercial. Now, they come back from commercial and we get Tony Schiavone, he's in the uh, real production studio down in the AEW control center. And he is going to run through the card tomorrow night with AEW Dynamite. But at first, he wants to send it to Tony Khan, who is standing with Jerry Lynn. Jerry Lynn used to be a big star in Impact Wrestling. Um, and he talks about Matt Hardy and how he sent Matt Hardy and Private Party there, and he wants Matt Hardy to kind of watch over Private Party, but that he and Jerry Lynn are at Impact uh, Zone, and they're going to be checking out the match. They want to scout things, and um, that he is not a carny. But Matt Hardy is a carny, and he's the biggest carney he knows. And he said, so, Matt Hardy will keep everything under control with the Impact people, and that he and Jerry Lynn are just, you know, going to be in the crowd. Well... Then we get Rich Swan coming out, and he said that he felt a lot of pressure being the Impact World Champion at Hard to Kill. He felt pressure leading Impact into war with AEW, but that he lives for that pressure. Really? Because you lost... You were actually the one that got pinned. But anyway... um, he said that uh, he doesn't know if his feud with Kenny Omega is over, but what he does know is that Kenny Omega is not here. So for once, his schedule is wide open, and he doesn't have to watch out for Kenny Omega, so he calls Moose out. So instead of taking the night off and resting, He decides he wants to mess with Moose. Why? Moose is going to kill you. So Moose comes out. He lays the TNA title down. And he says, hey, I know you're angry. And Moose says that he knows all about anger. Just ask Willie Mike. He wants his world title shot. And Rich says, What? Why do you think I called you out here? I'll, we'll do it. We're we'll, we'll do it right here, right now. And Moose looks at him like he is stupid. Because he is. Moose says, Rich, you don't say when. I do. You are on my time. Well, Rich then says, well, that's fine, and then he begins to punch Moose Uh Moose kinda goes to attack him and Rich Swan rips Moose's dress shirt and knocks Moose down. And I'm thinking, all you're doing is pissing him off. Don't do that. Do not do that. But, you know, he doesn't listen. Now, they then go to Scott DeMore. He's backstage. Um, and, of course, we see, um, Rohit Raju knock on the door and he comes in and he says, Ah, oh, the door for the first time is not locked. Well, he sees that TJP is holding the title belt. And he says, What is this? Look at him. He's got the belt. I told you that Manic was TJP. And Scott DeMore says, Um, yeah. Did you not have an Impact Plus subscription? Pretty much everybody knows that. And Raheat demands a match against TJP. Scott DeMore says, all right, in two weeks, you can have a match against TJP. And Raheat says, so that's all I wanted, and goes storming out. TJP and Scott DeMore look at each other, and Scott said, why didn't he stick around long enough for me to tell him it was a non-title match? And they both laugh. Ah, ha 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 Then... Tasha Still And... Kira Hogan... I'm not calling them Fire and Flava. That's stupid. Um, run into a referee... And they start talking to them... About the festival they're going to have. The celebration. And they pitch different... Packages to him about how close he can be to them, and he's putting them off. But Nevaeh and Havoc are standing behind him and have been listening, and they say, we'll take the platinum package where we're in the ring with you. They were like, oh, oh, no, no, uh, that's sold out. And they said, well, then we'll take a gold package. And they were like, no, 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 I think that's sold out too." So Havoc says, what package is left? And they say they believe that there is a copper package left, and it is sitting at home with your cats. And they cut it. There's nothing. There should have been a response. Probably of Havoc and Nevea beating them up. But they cut it. So we get the third match of the night Brian Myers and Falabaugh, which we don't understand why we're having unless we're just wanting to get these two on TV. Brian Myers ends up, um, you know, hitting a low blow and winning the match. But again, who cares? This match was stupid. Gina ends up uh, interviewing Ace Austin and um, Madman Fulton. Ace Austin is still going on and on and on about how... Can't believe he was not put on the card. That they wanted him to do the kickoff show and just talk about some little things. And then he was um given a match with Matt Cardona who evidently works here now. He said, you know, I don't I don't understand what's going on. Then we see Josh Alexander say he comes over and says, Look, enough is enough. I'm gonna give you a free lesson and he's got no problem stepping in the ring with him. Well of course, Madman grabs him and the shoving match starts and here comes Matt Cardona. And so it looks like probably next week we'll get Madman Fulton and Ace Austin against Josh Alexander and Matt Cardona. And if Matt Cardona and Josh Alexander are going to be a new tag team, I think that's wonderful. They, they kind of match up and I, I like that. Um we then get to see Eddie Edwards. He's backstage with the doctor, who recommends that Eddie cut out the hardcore matches, especially with barbed wire. Um he's checking Eddie out to see if he can clear him. And in comes Brian Myers, who's been poked in the eye. He wants to get ahead of Eddie. The doctor won't won't let him. And he calls Eddie a backyard wrestler. Which Eddie takes offense to. And so they're having a match next week. We're going to have Brian Myers versus Eddie Edwards. So then we get to the main event, which is Chris Sabin and Cowboy James Storm versus Private Party with Matt Hardy ringside taking care of everything. And then... Jerry Lynn and Tony Khan are ringside, sitting in seats, um, eating popcorn, and taking notes. And this was a little bit back and forth, but it really wasn't a match. It was to introduce the Impact Wrestling audience to Private Party. And their high-flying act that they can do, and how they work together seamlessly, and how unbelievable they can look when they want to. Um, Saban went up top at the end and was going to do a move on Private Party. Jerry Lynn actually ran and grabbed Sabin's leg which allowed Private Party to set up gin and juice for the win and Private Party is the number one contender for the Impact Wrestling tag team titles that the Good Brothers hold now this show ended when the Good Brothers came out to do a stare down with Private Party who was not backing down for a single second but then Chris Sabin and Cowboy James Storm decide to attack the Good Brothers and Private Party and all three teams get into it and that's how the show ends I have to say number 1 I've already did my rant about the the announcers, but I have to say it almost feels like Empire Wrestling is leaving stuff hanging. Like, they're cutting things off two minutes too short. Like, the whole um, Kira Hogan, Tasha Steele, Havoc, navea. There should have been another two minutes there. Showing us the setup. The uh, follow-up, Brian Myers, there should have been another two minutes. Showing us the setup. Tell us stories, don't cut them short, in order to get more of them in. Quality over quantity in impact wrestling. I think that is the best comment I can make about tonight's show quality over quantity. What do you guys think? What did did you think of the show? You guys need to talk to me, tell me what's going on. Uh, If you guys have any questions, comments, problems, or protests, let me know. Write me at uh, overtime at gmail.com Or hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at WrestlingOvertime Let me know what you're thinking of Impact Wrestling Are you liking it? Are you not liking it? What's going on? And I will be talking to you guys tomorrow Which is very, very soon And uh, I will see you down the road
0: golfing and more invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals holidays open up with galaxy shop it all at samsung.com 5g connection and availability may vary check with carrier products sold separately for the ones finding new ways to ensure the job always gets done for the ones wearing many hats for the ones who are hands-on even from far away and the ones keeping business moving forward we are Granger, offering supplies and solutions for every industry with 24-7 support and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Call clickranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done.